Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Good to see everybody here today. I do want to say real quick, thank you to Cosmos and Godwin and all of our volunteers that make Foundation Church happen week in and week out. Um, really, our volunteers here are, man, just the bloodline of what happens here at Foundation Church. We could, our lifeline, I think I said bloodline, it's lifeline. You're like, whoa, it got gory real quick. Um, but we just could not do it without you. So Foundation Church, thank you for being safe people that serve people. Thank you for being greeters. Thank you for being children's workers. Thank you for being youth sponsors. Thank you for being on the AV team, the worship team, the things that you see uh, happening during the day and the things that you would, like my father-in-law, Bob Boyd, makes coffee every Sunday morning. Thank you, Bob, for making coffee before everybody gets here. You know, just, just all the different things that happen. Man, thank you so much. Um, and if you would like to get plugged in into being a safe person that serves people, that man, you want to take your next step in, in, in your race, in your relationship with Jesus Christ, and here at Foundation Church, we've made it really simple. You can go to our Connect Center, which is when you go out into the lobby, hang a left, it's a bright green room, or there's a little card you can sign up to serve. Um, we would love, love, love to help you take that next step, because as much as it benefits others, hear me, it benefits you more. Um, because when you're pouring out, God can pour in more, um, and it's just awesome to see. So um, before I get into my message, I want to say one thing. I know it is Memorial Day weekend. We are glad everybody is tuning in online and not wakeboarding right now or tubing. Um, but we are, we are um, I, I want to say this. The last few summers have been fantastic here at Foundation Church. And I'm gonna let you know as your pastor and as the staff here at Foundation Church, we are not taking our foot off the gas because it is summer. Um, we're not gonna be like, okay, we're gonna mail this one in. We're just gonna kind of halfway do service and it's not gonna be as good and we'll see you guys back in September. No, 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 no. We are going to put our best foot forward. We are going to make Jesus represented the best way we can Sunday in and Sunday out, week in, week out out, and I want to invite you, I want to challenge you to invite somebody to come with you to Foundation Church. I have to tell you, summer is a great time to invite somebody, to bring somebody to church with you. I know it sounds weird, but it's happening, and so I want you to be a found person that finds people. We, church isn't all of a sudden going to suck. It's not going to stink, and you're just going to be like, well, it gets better in the fall. No, 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 no. Hear me. Um, we've got a series coming 
coming up in June after this series that's done called Redneck that is probably my favorite series we do all year long. And we are taking it up like 20 notches this year. It is going to be so redneck, you may feel uncomfortable. And I'm okay with that. Um, We're going to have Sweet Tea Mountain Dew, all kinds of stuff every week. Um, But toilet bowl horseshoes, I mean, it's going to be awesome. But we want you to invite your friends, your coworkers, your families, because we believe we should be advancing the kingdom of God forcefully. Like John, it said that John the Baptist had been advancing the kingdom of God forcefully. And me and Casey have highlighted that verse in our Bible and think, man, that's what God has called us to do in our culture, in our world, is to advance the kingdom of God on purpose and intentionally um, where we live. So join us in that this summer. Man, write a name down, write a family down, and be like, that's my one. That's the people that I'm going to work on this summer. And if you had to kidnap them, it's all right. Um, anyways, I'm not serious about the last point, kind of. But um, today we're going to continue our series called Spirit-Led Life. And uh, man, I'm just going to preach today. We're see how far I get in my notes. Um, and you guys are like, so what's different? But um, I, I want to talk to you about Netflix, Netflix and pillows, Netflix and pillows, not Netflix and chill, um, Netflix and pillows. Some of you that are like 40 and over, you're like, what's Netflix and chill? Um, find me after service. Uh, Netflix and pillows. And I have to tell you, one of the most confusing things to me in all the world is the function of the decorative pillow. Um, I do not get it as a man. I don't understand why they're so expensive. I don't know why you buy them. I don't understand their function. I don't understand their purpose. I don't understand why they were invented. I don't understand why I can't use them when I'm napping. I can't understand, like, I, I don't get that. I, I like, I understand, like, the, like, I think it's called the sham pillow that goes in front of the pillow you actually sleep on. Because let's be honest, guys, the men in here, we're gross. We're gross. There's a, there's a little greasy spot where our head usually lays on our pillowcase because we're just gross creatures, men. Now, of course, that wouldn't be on your wife's pillow. But um, <laughs> it's on ours, you know? And so you gotta cover that up. But when there is, like, 20 pillows that covers three, four, and ours isn't that bad, I'll say that, but when there's like pillows that covers three quarters of the bed, I'm like, and, and they serve no function but to look pretty. What, 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 what is that? Like, that, that's one thing. The one that I still don't understand how to function with are the ones that are in chairs. Like there's a chair and there's a pillow there. And I don't understand, I don't know, I still don't know this. Am I supposed to use the pillow to sit with? Do I use it as support? Do I hold the pillow? Do I sit the pillow down? Or is that, you know, rude? Is that, imp- I, like, I'm like so uncomfortable with the pillow because if I hold it, I start getting hot. I'm like, man, it's hot in here. If I use it back here, I feel like I'm like this. If I sit it down on the ground, it's like, I don't care about your worthless pillow. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I don't. Why? Do we have these in chairs? And if I come over to your house, you're gonna probably just throw a bunch of pillows out, just be like, this is gonna be great. Uh, it almost makes me feel like, like Walmart checkout lines. You've got 90 Walmart checkout lines, but only five are like manned. And I'm like, why do you have so many lanes if you're not going to open the lanes, right? If you're not gonna use them. And, and here's the deal, the reason I'm talking about decorative pillows, the reason I'm talking about Walmart this morning, is that a lot of times that's how we treat the Holy Spirit. We think, oh, well, what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? 
You know, I, I know he brings spiritual gifts to our life, and actually next week we're gonna talk about spiritual gifts and their role in the church and in our lives today as followers of Christ. We'll talk about that next week. It's gonna be good. But do I, do I use spiritual gifts? Am I supposed to actually you know, bear the fruit of the Spirit, and we'll talk about that, but you know, what, 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 what does the Holy, is the Holy Spirit just like a decorative pillow in your life where he just looks pretty and he's there, or are you actually allowing the Holy Spirit to be used? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work and to lead your life? Are you living a Spirit-led life, or is it still, hmm, 50-50, I'm really kind of leading my life for the most part. Where's it at? Because I, I gotta tell you, the Holy Spirit isn't just here to look pretty. He's not here as a decorative pillow. He wants to be used. So if we're gonna use the Holy Spirit, we gotta understand, and we talked about, you know, we all wanna know the will of the Holy Spirit. We wanna know what the will of God is for our life. We talked about that last week, so make sure you go listen to the podcast if you didn't get to hear it, um, and how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. But when you start hearing the Holy Spirit, you do what the Holy Spirit's asking. He's not gonna force you. He's not gonna make you go do it, but are you following after his ways. Here's what it says in Romans chapter eight, verse five through six. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Let me stop here just for a second. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who, have their, who live their lives according to their feelings, according to what makes them feel good, to what looks good, who really don't have the fruit of the Spirit, the attribute of the fruit of the Spirit of self-discipline, this is how you're living your life. It's based on feeling. It's based on what sounds good, what looks good, instead of necessarily what is good. And those who, are, who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, what's gonna make me happy, what's gonna feel good, what looks good, but... Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. It's not about my desires. It's not about me. It's about what the Spirit desires and what the Holy Spirit wants to do in me and through me. Verse six, the mind governed, which means to rule or reign, the mind ruled by the flesh or governed by the flesh is death. And there's a part in Proverbs that says there's a way that seems right to man, right? but only leads to death. There's a way that feels right. There's a way that looks good. There's a way that, man, that, that, that sure sounds good and it feels good and that's what my feelings are telling me, but it leads to death. That's where this is saying. The mind ruled, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed, the mind ruled by the spirit, hear this promise, is life, and peace. When you allow your mind to be ruled, to be governed by the Holy Spirit, the promise of it is this, is it doesn't lead to your destruction, but it leads to true life, what life really was meant to be about, and peace. Doesn't mean that you're not gonna have problems, it doesn't mean that you're not gonna have hard times or troubles. 
But what it does say this is when you stop running your own life and you start yielding your life to the Spirit, it takes you from regret, it takes you from death, it takes you from living life based on how you feel to living life the way the Spirit leads. And when we do that, it leads us to life to its fullest and to peace. So how do we get there? How, how do we transition ourselves there? Because a lot of us, the, for me to say you will have a life of peace, man, a life of peace, are you serious right now? You, it's not peaceful. I got a little kid in my house. You crazy. There's no peace in my life at all. You know, you don't know what I'm going through. There's situations. How do you have peace as you go through life? How do you not live a, a life full of fear, full of anxiety, full of feeling, but out of a spirit-led life? The first thing I would tell you is this, is that the spirit-led life is a life full of power, not fear. Spirit-led life is a life full of power, not fear. And life, and, and don't say it out loud, but as you're going through your everyday life, do you live your life in a way that is powerful, full of power, or is it fearful, full of fear? In your everyday life, the way you approach life, the way you handle opportunities, the way you handle uh, uh, confrontation and problems, are you approaching life full of power, or are you approaching it full of fear? Now, all of us, when I say fear, all of us have fears in, in life. Um, I, I have one main one, and it's not spiders. I can handle spiders for the most part. Um, I, like, if you throw a spider on me, we're going to have problems. But for the most part, I can handle spiders. Um, for the most part, I can handle heights. I have no problem speaking in public, which is a good thing. Um, but where I lose it is snakes. I cannot, I will not do snake. No way. Like, if, if there's a snake at our house, I'm out, man. I'm like, give me a, I, I bought literally, for this reason, I bought a weed eater with a blade on the end of it just so I can kill snakes. I'm like, because I saw one in my house. I'm like, I'm getting a blade from my weed eater because I'm going to kill that sucker if I see it. And all you people are like, oh, it's probably a good snake. It's a snake. Let's get something straight here. Let's get our theology straight and right. The only righteous snake was the staff that Moses had that turned into a a snake, and it was a staff, not a snake. There is no good snake. It was the devil in Genesis, and it was the Egyptians that turned their rod into a No, 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 no. I don't care if you say, oh, that eats mice and rats. I would rather deal with mites, mice and rats than snakes. Like when we had the petting zoo out here, and they had the big, huge python, and everybody was like, Justin, come check out the snakes. Like, you're stupid. I'm not going... That's a snake, and you've got it around your neck, and it's a python, and they constrict. And the guy that owned it was like, hey, come to come it. And I'm like, if you come near me, we're not paying you. <laughs> I hold that power. We will not pay you. But, but you know where most of our fears are? It, it's much bigger than snakes, spiders, heights, public speaking. Our, our big fears that we carry every day, that we deal with every day, Finances. Finances for today, much less finances for the future and retirement. Retirement, what's retirement? Are you, are you kidding me right now? Talk about our health. 
our health issues now, our health issues, am I gonna have the genes that my parents and my grandparents had? And, and, and health is a big one. Our relationships, our marriage. If we're dating, that, that relationship, is this gonna work out? If I were single, am I gonna stay single? Is there someone for me? Is, you know, what's this all gonna be? My, my marriage, my, my kids. You moms, you dads out there with kids, you're hoping your kid turns out right, right? I mean, you do what you can, and you, you like, you know, work as hard as you can, and you know, work hard like it depends on you, and pray like it depends on God, you know. And you're just, you're just. I, I hope this works out, but you know, when you sit down and hear what other parents are dealing with who have older kids, you're like, are you kidding me right now? That actually happens in college? What? They're talking about that in mid high. What? And we become fearful. And the question is, once again, as you're going through everyday life, are you living your life out of fear? Are your, is your life full of fear? Or is it full of power? Now, I believe God has called us to be and, and have a hefty bag type of theology when it comes to our life. Now, if you go and buy trash bags, most of us buy the generic trash bags because why wouldn't you? Trash is going in the trash bag. Why spend $1,000 on a trash bag that just holds trash? But the problem is this. When you put a lot of trash in a generic trash bag, right? Let's be honest. And you're stuffing it down or there's stuff that's gonna leak in there or you're hoping it doesn't leak out. When you're pulling that out, you're hoping it doesn't bust, right? You're like, dear God, please help me. Please help me. I'll never ask for another thing because I don't want to clean up all this trash. I don't want all this nasty raw chicken juice getting everywhere. I don't, you know, and, and you're tying it and you do the quick run to the trash can. It's like the quick walk, like look like a mall walker, you know, and, but you got it out here because you don't want it on you and you're, you're going everywhere with it, right? Because you're not sure, you don't have confidence that it's going to be able to sustain the weight. But can I tell you, hefty trash bags right here, Dang. <laughs> this is, they this actually, they got John Cena as their spokesperson. I mean, anything John Cena is on, like, wham, bicep, wah, hefty. And it says, triple action technology resists tears, punctures, and leaks. That means this bad boy, I can stuff it, I can pull it, I can put gross things in there that's gonna leak chicken juice and guts everywhere. I can put steaks and hamburger meat stuff and I'm gonna have confidence that it's going to sustain whatever I put in there. Can I tell you, that's how God has created and designed you. He hasn't made you like a generic trash bag. He has made you into a hefty trash bag that whatever comes at you, whatever Satan throws, in your life, whatever you go through, whatever you feel like is too much pressure, it's too big of a mess, his grace is sufficient for you that all of a sudden you're gonna understand the truth of the scripture that in your weakness his strength is made perfect. He is destined and created you to be like this and not to fall apart when you feel pressure, when you get freaked out and when you start playing the what ifs. It says this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He hasn't called you to be 
fearful. But he has called you to be powerful, to be full of love, and to have a sound mind. But where we get it is, all of a sudden, most of us, the problem is we play the what if game as we go through life. Well, what, what if this happens? What, what if that happens? What if that happens? Do you know, psychologists tell us that we are born with two fears. You're born with two fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So you better not bring your baby to my house because it's loud. Me and Chad Craig, you better not come to our house because we are loud. The fear of noises and the fear of falling. But can I tell you, when I listed off what's your biggest fear, when you answered, you didn't say loud noises. You're like, I was looking at naders last night. What are you talking about? Like when the storms are going, you're like, yeah, this is what we do in Oklahoma. We go outside and we're looking for them. Like, I think, I think I see it now. Now go inside, guys. Now go inside. You know, um, a lot of noises don't bother us. Man, fear of falling, just when you get like really old, do you have the fear of falling? You're like, can't displace that hip again. You know, I get that. I'm gonna be there. I understand, I'm not making fun of you, I understand. But we have born with two fears. That means, that tells me that all the other fears that we have, we learned. Which tells me we can unlearn those fears that seem to grab hold of our life because that was not given to you by the Spirit. That was not given to you by your Heavenly Father. He did not give you a spirit of fear but he gave you a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says this. It says that perfect love casts out all fear. Now that word cast out comes from the Greek word abalo, and it means this, to throw out or do away with. So God has said this, that if you're gonna understand what the opposite of fear is, it's love, because perfect love casts out all fear. It does away with it. It gets it away. It throws it away, and that's what love does. And he gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. First John 4, 18, the perfect love cast out. It gets rid of fear that you don't have to go through life playing what if the rest of your life. What if this happens? I'm going to live my life trying to make sure all my fears don't happen instead of making sure the will of God happens. But all of a sudden, you start reversing that. And instead of you living life trying to keep all your fears from happening much more now, since I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind, since perfect love casts out all fear, I'm not living my life trying to keep all my fears from happening. I'm just consumed, and I'm living my life based on trying to make sure the will of God happens for my life. That's what happens. There's a change, and that's when you become powerful. Is because you're not just avoiding the fears. You're not avoiding the what ifs. You're starting to engage in what should be for your life. It says this in Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You have power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. All of a sudden, you are powerful. You are his witnesses. You are a city on a hill. You are a, a, a man. You're meant to shine, not to be a light under a bowl, but a city on a hill for others to see. And the only way you do that is to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, to direct you. And that happens, and I talked about it last week, when we surrender everything to him, even your fears, and you start engaging and going after the will of God instead of just avoiding the fears of life. The Holy Spirit came that you may be powerful, not fearful. The second thing I would tell you is this, is that the Holy Spirit keeps the should-haves and the wish-I-wouldn't-haves to a minimum. It's like a Dr. Seuss point. It's the Holy Spirit keeps the should-haves and the wish-I-wouldn't-haves to a minimum. Have you ever missed an opportunity where you were like, oh, I should have done that. I should have invested there. Dumb, dumb, you dumb man. Have you ever done something which you're like, right when you said, and usually it's what we say for whatever reason, and we're like, oh, I should not have said that. I wish I would not have said that. I wish I wouldn't have said that because I'm gonna have to be like paying for that for the next two weeks. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit keeps the should-haves and the I wish I wouldn't-haves to a minimum in your life. I used this example um, before, but I've kind of got a lot more detail now. Um, a lot of us remember Blockbuster Video. How many of you had a Blockbuster card like growing up? Yeah, it's getting real in here. Yeah, you'd go and you'd like, when their new releases were there, you better be there early Friday because if you waited till like six o'clock, all the good movies are gone. You're like, um, anyways, um, if you got charged if you didn't rewind in the early days. Anyways, um, some of you are like, yeah, how do you remember this? I have no idea, worthless information. <laughs> Blockbuster, for the most part now, is um, non-existent. For the most part, they may be around, but they are not near what they used to be. And the problem is it didn't have to be that way. In 2000, Blockbuster's annual revenue was $5.9 billion. Okay, they made $6 billion, almost $6 billion in just the year 2000. They had the opportunity to buy a new and upcoming business in 2000 called Netflix. Now, Netflix, in the early days, some of you, I'm taking us way back. Woo. Some of you remember Netflix. They started off mailing their DVDs, right? Remember that? Some of you are like, what? That's like OG, old school style. That's original gangster Netflix. Like, they mailed you the DVD. You're like, I don't know if I can trust this. I mean, they, it was, and here's the deal. They had a chance to buy this startup business with a lot of promise, and the selling price was $50 million. Let me put that in perspective. That was only three days of revenue for Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. But you know, and I know, they passed. Now Blockbuster is pretty much non-existent, and Netflix value now stands at $32.9 billion, which exceeds CBS. Crazy, right? You're like, well, yeah, they should have done that. <laughs> yeah. 
There's a business called Friendster's, Friendster, and some of you remember Friendster, maybe. And they had the opportunity to buy this new, upcoming, like, social media networking system called the Facebook, before it was just called Facebook. But they passed. Now you know Facebook, and you're like, Friendster, is that a real thing, or is that like Zanga and, like, uh, MySpace? What, what, what is this? Yahoo had the chance to buy a small company called Google, but they passed. And now you've seen it. And, you know, and, and here's what I would tell you. Here's what, as your pastor, I've seen so many times, is I have seen people miss it. I've seen people whose life had become defined I shouldn't have. I, I wish I, I should have done this, or I wish I wouldn't have done that. And can I tell you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and direct your life, when you're not led by your flesh, when you're not just leading by feelings, but you're being led by the Spirit, can I tell you, that's the moment. You keep the should haves and wish I wouldn't haves to a minimum. Some of us in this place, our should-haves are like, man, I, I should have told my spouse I loved him more because now they're my ex. Some of you, your should-have is, man, I, I should have invested in my kids more while they still wanted to be around me because now they don't want to hang out and I've lost my moment to have influence. I, I, I should have done that. You're like, man, I should have capitalized on every day instead of just every once in a while in a day because now my life is here when it should have been here. I should have taken that risk. I should have gotten out of the boat and taken the leap of faith. Some of you, it's not so much the should-haves that you're dealing with this morning, but your wish I, would, I wish I wouldn't have engaged in that relationship that I know was on the fringe and I know was compromised because it cost me so much now. And if I could go back, I, I wish I wouldn't have done that because it cost me big time. I wish I wouldn't have been so busy just making money that I forgot to make a life. I, I wish, and you're, you're stuck. And hear me, it's not the end of the road for you. It's not like, man, that, that there's no hope, there's no purpose, but there's consequences to our choices. And if you can hear me as your pastor today, my heart isn't to keep you from anything. Man, my heart is to, to, to kind of, man, to insulate you from bad should-haves and wish-I-wouldn't-haves. Because if you and I can learn this, if we, if we can learn this, it will make a massive difference. Ephesians chapter five, this is my life verse out of 15 verse 18. It says, be very careful then how you live. Not as the unwise, but as the wise. See, when you're spirit led in your life, it makes you careful how you live your life. You don't just go through every day just living life, but you're careful how you live your life. You're saying, man, be, be, be careful how you live your life, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Verse 18, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled 
with the Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit. Can I tell you, if verse 18 doesn't happen in your life, if you're not filled with the Spirit, you won't be careful how you live. You will live like the unwise instead of the wise. You won't make the most of every opportunity, and you won't care what God's will is for your life. You'll care, but you won't actively pursue it. And God has so, man, he's got so much for you. He's got so many opportunities. Making the most, that, 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 that moment of that verse, the understanding what God, the whole, the whole this is why it's my, because I'm like, oh, that's so good, that's so good. Dang, 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 that's good, that's good. But making the most of every opportunity. Some of you, that you should have. I should, I should have made the most of that. I should have made the most of that moment. Man, that was not wise. That was, and how do you make the most of the opportunities? You live a life filled with the Spirit. I close with this. It's found in Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. I'm going to tell you, trusting in the Lord sometimes is really hard to do. And, and here's the way it, it kind of boils down in the Hebrew it says, Be full of confidence in the Lord with all your heart. And do not support yourself on your own intelligence or insight. That is so good. Be, be full of confidence in the Lord with all your heart and do not support yourself on your own intelligence or your insight. And I think that's where a lot of us struggle. We have the best intentions, but we think we know better. We rely and we support ourselves on our intelligence, on us working hard enough, on our insight, on us having good enough people skills when that's not how you were called to live this life out. You were called to have a heart full of confidence in the Lord. That's trusting. And if you do that, if you trust, if you put full confidence in the Lord, if you live a spirit-led life, here's the promise of what happens in all your ways. Know or be aware of the Lord. And he will make your path smooth, straight, and right. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're not gonna have problems, but even in the midst of problems, you're still on the right path. Even when everything's getting rocky around you, your path is still smooth. Because you're knowing the Lord. You're aware of the, what the Lord wants for you. And can I tell you, the Lord doesn't want us going around playing defense with our lives. Oh, I'm just going to try to keep this from happening. I'm going to try to keep this from happening. I don't want this bad thing. What if this? What if this? What if this? Oh, I, I should have done this, and I, I wish I wouldn't have done that. That's not, that's not the Spirit-led life. That's not a life full of power and love of a sound mind. That's living life based by being led by the flesh instead of by the Spirit. That's not life and peace. 
Man, that leads to an early grave, anxiety attacks and panic attacks. But if we will just surrender ourselves to being led by the Spirit, all of a sudden, instead of playing prevent defense, instead of playing it safe, instead of playing not to lose, we start playing this life and living this life in a way to win. We get on the offensive and we start advancing the kingdom of God and we're not about trying to keep our fears from happening, but we're actively pursuing the will of God. Understanding what the will of God is for you is the wise thing, is making the most of every opportunity. And the only way you do that is by trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Because if you don't trust, you'll never surrender. But when you trust, when you put your full confidence in the Lord, you've already surrendered. And it's not a problem. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. Lord, this morning, there's some of us that, God, we feel like that generic trash bag. We feel like life's too much right now. We've done too much, and it's just going to spill out. But, God, that's not how you've designed us. Lord, it's not about us. It's about the power and the spirit that is within us. Lord, on our own, we fall apart. We tear apart, we break apart, we make a mess. But when we allow you, Holy Spirit, to lead us, you keep us from breaking down. You keep us from tearing apart. You bring a message out of our mess. And so, Lord, this morning, I pray that that would become the reality for every person in this place. The Lord, we would not be fearful, but we would live a life that's powerful. Lord Jesus, that is full of love and peace. Lord, I pray that we would not live our life based on how we seem fit, what looks good, what sounds good. Not a spirit, not a life led by the flesh, but by one that is led by the spirit that leads to life and to peace. So, Lord, I pray that in this place, we would look at what we're leaning on. What are we leaning on? Are we leaning on our understanding? Are we leaning on our insight, on our intelligence, on our talent, on our ability, on our relationships, on our finances, on our working hard enough? Or are we leaning on you? Are we depending on you and trusting and you, Lord, I pray, move in us, work in us that we may live this life powerful and that we would make the most of every opportunity. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you say, Justin, I'm here and I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we want to give you that chance. You know what? You may be here and, and, and maybe you, you just need to recommit your life. Making the most of every opportunity is making the most of this opportunity right now. And if you're here and you need to make a first-time decision or you need to recommit your life, when I count to three, all I want you to do is raise your hand. We're not gonna embarrass you, but we're gonna lead you in a prayer that's going to change your life. If that's you, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't let this be a should-have moment. Let this be your defining moment. One, two, 
three. Is there anyone here you say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand. Is there anyone else you join that hand that's lifted? Yeah, there's two hands. Is there anyone else you join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service? You say, Justin, that's me. And you want to join these two hands that are raised. Yeah, I see you. There's three hands. Anyone else before we go any further in service? Say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these four individuals that raised their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah, what an awesome moment. Hey, if you raise your hand, do this for us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.